Well, good morning and welcome to Bridgewater. If I've not gotten a chance to meet you yet, my name is Tim. I'm one of the pastors here. We are so excited that you're here today. Uh, first, we are starting a brand new series called Starting Point. Secondly, I want to do a quick giveaway. Now, we do, if you're here for the first time, we do not do this every Sunday, okay? So, but today is a really fun Sunday, and uh, somewhere in one of the seats in front of you uh, is a communication card, and inside that communication card is a, not a golden ticket from Willy Wonka, but a colorful Mario ticket from Tim. And uh, if you find that in the seat pocket in front of you, we have an amazing retro-style game system for you. Did anybody find it? Woo! We got one? <laughs> liar, liar. Pants on fire. You're going in the dunk tank. You got a winner. All right, come on up. I won't embarrass you. This is for you. Awesome. That's just because it's a great Sunday. We're glad you're here. We want to do something fun. And uh, so today is a brand new series called Starting Point. Everything and everyone has a starting point. Your education had a starting point. Maybe it was pre-K or kindergarten. Your freedom, my freedom, had a starting point, and it happened when my mom said, here's the keys to the car. I had a license. I now had freedom. And uh, video games have a starting point. My, my favorite video game system is this original Nintendo Entertainment System, which, by the way, is mine and still works. <laughs> Psh, boom. All right, so the cool thing about this game system is it's so simple. And after I had this for a few years, I graduated to a Game Boy, then I graduated to a Super Nintendo, then I took a break from video games, I grew up a little bit, got married, then my wife and I got a Wii, and now my kids are playing on a Switch. And the cool thing about this is the controller, when you play a video game on this controller, is it just has a very few amount of buttons, right? The up, down, left, right, and the A and B. To get it started, you're going to use select or start, but that's it. Up, down, left, right, A, B. That's it. And this system is so simple. The console has two buttons, a power button and a reset button. That's it. The amazing thing is if for whatever reason this game system was not working correctly, I could just hit the reset button. The game is not going the way that I want it to go. Reset. I'm doing really well, and all of a sudden I start losing. Reset. Hypothetically, your mom says you can play one game. You may take that to I can complete one game, not to start one game. And so you play 20 minutes, reset. Play another 20 minutes, reset. Mom, I have not finished this game yet. Play another 20 minutes, reset, right? Hypothetically, that could happen. And the thing is, you and I often fall into one of these two categories. Maybe you're here for the first time or the first time in a long time. Someone invited you and you came. You drove by the church. You saw the, the Mario characters on the hay bales or you smelled the chicken. You're like, what is going on there? Right? You might just be curious about 
who Jesus is, what this church is about, and you might be able to say, today I'm willing to hit the power button. Or maybe you have been on this spiritual journey for a while and you're like, you know what, I I just kind of need, today I really need to hit that reset button. Maybe you grew up in church, maybe you grew up in a religious home, and as you were in that house, as you grew up in church, your intellect began to grow and your faith didn't. And as you walked through life, you began to see, okay, there's some things I don't know about life, but there's definitely some things I don't know about faith. And those things collide, and I'm not sure they make sense. And you've been tempted to take your faith and just throw it out. And maybe today you need to hit the reset button. And so what does that look like to hit that reset button Here's the question I want to ask you is this. What is the starting point of your faith? Because you and I, we all believe in someone or something. And we all believe in things that we really can't explain. It may not have anything to do with Christianity or Jesus, but there are things in your life that you believe are true. You're not sure you could really explain it. What's the starting point of your faith? Today, that's what we're going to get into. So if you have your Bibles, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Paul is writing this letter to the church in Corinth, and Corinth is like the original sin city. What happens in Corinth stays in Corinth. It's a melting pot of cultures, a melting pot of religions, and there are all sorts of temples and all sorts of pagan gods. I mean, it is an incredible city, an incredible wealthy city. And all of a sudden, God begins to do a work in that city. People begin to follow Jesus. And the Apostle Paul is writing this letter to that church, explaining to them what it really looks like to be a follower or an apprentice of Jesus. And he hits on the starting point of what I would say is my faith. Here's the undergirding of my faith. 1 Corinthians 15, if you don't have a Bible, we have it on a screen here. You can follow along. Start reading verse three. Paul says, I passed on to you what was most important and what had also been passed on to me. Christ died for our sins, just as the scriptures said. He was buried, he was raised from the dead on the third day, just as scripture said. I love what he says here in verse three. He says, I am passing on to you. I'm passing on to this this church in Corinth what was most important. In other words, here's the starting point of faith. Here's the starting point of my faith. Here is the starting point of Christianity. Here's the starting point of what it means to maybe hit the power button or for some of you to hit the reset button today to be a follower of Jesus. He says, look, Jesus died. And there are no scholars that debate the fact that Jesus actually was a person and died. There's people inside the Bible, obviously, and people outside of the Bible that say he actually lived and he died. Josephus is one of those. Josephus was a Jew, didn't believe in Jesus, wrote about Jesus being a real person, wrote about Jesus dying on the cross. That's not really a debated 
idea or concept. They know he was buried, but the big question is, what happened after the crucifixion? What happened later? And I'll share with you a couple of things of pieces of evidence. One, if you read the Gospels, we find out that women found Jesus or found his empty tomb, which is significant. Because in that time, in the first century, in that culture, women were not typically as educated as men. I know that's not true today, ladies. Okay, you don't have to yell. But uh, in that culture, they would have thought a woman's testimony was worthless. So follow me. If that was that time in that culture, why would they invent a story that women found the empty tomb? They wouldn't. Another thing we see is, is that Jesus, he was not only died, but, but take a look at verse 5. He was seen. He was seen by Peter and then by the 12, but notice who else saw him, verse 6. After that, he was seen by more than 500 of his followers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have died. So after Jesus died and rose from the dead, Paul wrote the letter to the Corinthian church about 25 years later, meaning hundreds of people would still be alive and they could be eyewitnesses. You could call them up. You could go find them. You could say, hey, were you there? Did that really happen? You know, when you read a, a book and it's got some quotes and it's dropping facts and statistics, you're like, man, I didn't know that was true. Typically, at the end of the sentence or the end of the chapter, there's something called a footnote, a small little number. And later in that book, you can go find out what that source is. And you can go look it up. You can go fact check, right? Which is good. You should do that. What Paul is saying is there is over 500 footnotes, 500 sources, 500 eyewitnesses that, that are still alive at the time of the writing of this letter that people can go and follow up on. But not only that, if you follow the journey of those who followed Jesus and you read their stories, they were typically tortured and killed for what they believed. And so I believe that Jesus really did raise himself from the dead. It's amazing because there are very few people who would actually be willing to die for something they believe to be true. But nowhere in history do we find anybody willing to die for something that they know is a lie. And so to me, that's that's incredible amount of evidence that, that first, women found the empty tomb. Secondly, over 500 people saw him, eyewitnesses that were still around at the writings of the scriptures that people could go and check and see. And those people could have came forward and said, hey, 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 I was there. This is how it happened. And so then he says in verse 14, take a look at this. And if, if Christ has not been raised, then. So if he hasn't, then here's what's true. Our preaching, Tim, your sermon is useless if he never raised himself from the dead. This service is useless. My faith, your faith is useless. 
That's what he's saying. And so here's, here's the big idea for today. The death and resurrection of Jesus is the starting point of Christianity. That's it. It's the linchpin that is pulled out. If there is no resurrection, we have nothing. Just fold it all up and go home. But if it really did happen, if there's really proof and there's evidence and really did raise himself from the dead, then what does that mean for you? What does that mean for me? Because no matter where you are on your spiritual journey, I believe you might be at a point where you need to ask this question, what's, what's my starting point? What's the starting point to my faith? Am I at a point today where I need to hit the power button or maybe I need to hit the reset button because things have not gone the way that I hoped they were gone. They didn't play out the way that I wanted them to play out. And so I'm here today just, just thinking about what does it mean to be a follower of Jesus? Paul says, what happened after the resurrection is everything. It's the starting point. Take a look at what happened next, verse 15. And we apostles would be lying about God, right? If there is no resurrection, we'd be lying about God for we have said that God raised Christ from the grave. But that can't be true if there's no resurrection of the dead. And if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is useless. You're still guilty of your sins. In that case, all who have died believing in Christ are lost. And if our hope in Christ is only for this life, we are more to be pitied than anyone in the world. Meaning the resurrection gives us hope. The resurrection didn't happen. Your life, my life is absolutely hopeless, meaningless. I'm still lost in my sins. And all this is for nothing. And we might as well just close up the service, pray, say amen, eat some chicken, and get Keith in the dunk tank. <laughs> but if the resurrection really did happen, then what does that mean for you? What does that mean for me? What does that mean for our faith? It's worth looking into. It's worth taking seriously and go, okay, what does that mean for me? How do I now live my life? And I get it, there's doubters. Maybe you're here, you're doubting, you're questioning, you're going, yeah, but okay, was he, was he really dead, dead? Did he really come back to life? We're talking about zombies, we're talking about walking dead. Like what really happened? And the Bible's clear. And so is the testimony of those who are willing to give their life up for the resurrection that he really did die and he really did come back to life. And that changes everything. But maybe one of the greatest pieces of evidence is a changed life. I did not grow up in church. I did not grow up knowing anything about Jesus or the Bible. My parents don't know Jesus. I grew up in a very broken home, living my life for me, doing whatever I wanted when I wanted, and I was an absolute mess. I couldn't even play the good person card. I didn't have that in my pocket. I was a terrible kid. 
I didn't know anything about Jesus. And all of a sudden, a seventh grade boy, my friend who lived across the street, started telling me about Jesus. And for a couple of years, he continued to have these conversations with me, talking about Jesus, inviting me to church. And I started reading the Bible. I started engaging in these conversations. I could articulate what was happening and, and what he meant. And all of a sudden, boom, God radically changed my life. I knew that my life was hopeless and I needed to hit that power button and start over. I needed that. I needed Jesus to enter into my life. And so here's how many of us approach life. I don't know if you've ever played the game of Jenga, but you take a piece out, right? And a lot of us, we, we approach life this way. We think, okay, I've just got to put more good eggs in the basket, and hopefully the good will outweigh or at least break even with the bad. And I make a mistake. So now I got to do something good. I got to I got to take Keith out for lunch. I got to pay for him. Or I got, I do, I, I lie, right? Or I, I cheat on my taxes. And now I got to do something good. I got to put some money in the offering box. Or um, maybe I'd make another mistake. I blow up at work. I start yelling and screaming. So I got to make another good decision. I'm trying the whole time to outweigh and outbalance all of the bad things that I do. I keep making mistakes. I keep sinning. I keep making a mess of my life. And I'm running out of blocks to add to this. I'm hoping at the end of my life, the good and the bad will be even. I'm hoping that I'll be good enough. But I don't really know. I go through life and I just keep making decisions and eventually I make the wrong decision. I run out. One day... I'll die. One day, God's not going to ask me if I was good enough. He's going to want to know, what did I do with my life? What was the starting point for my faith? And I'll tell you, the starting point of your faith, the starting point for my faith is not the things that you do, not the things that you say. Not, it's not how much you learn. It's not all the right answers. It's not where, where you're a good moral person. It's the starting point for your faith is what was done for you. That Jesus died on the cross for your sins and my sins. He paid for all of them. And he conquered death. He conquered sin when he rose himself from the grave. It was what was done for you. Amen. And so eventually things catch up. But here's the thing I want you to know. Good people don't go to heaven. Forgiven people do. That's the gospel. That's the starting point for our faith. That's the starting point for my faith. He died. He rose again. That's it. It's not what did you do or how did you live your life or did you memorize enough? It's what do you believe happened after the crucifixion? That's the starting point. It's not you. And our tendency is to think, well, did I do enough things? Will I be accepted? You don't even know what I've done, Tim, because I've done fill in the blank. Or I think fill in the blank. And those sometimes plague us 
And we think that faith is a lot like applying for a job. That you look at the job, you look at the, the qualifications, and you look at the qualifications, and you make a decision, can I apply for that? Do I fit? Do I line up with that? And if I don't, I'm probably not even going to send in the application. I'm probably not even going to go forward. And that's how a lot of us think about faith. But the reality is, that's not how God looks at it at all. He died for our sins, paid for all of them. The starting point for faith is not what you do, it's what has been done for you. It's following Jesus. It's not about doing the right things. It's not about believing the right things. It's not about saying the right things. It's not about acting the right way. It's simply about asking Jesus to be the leader of your life and the forgiver of your sins because he did die on the cross and he did raise himself from the dead. And so maybe you're here today and you're still wrestling with that. And I would simply say, can we have a conversation? Can we, have, can we start the conversation? Because this starting point series is an eight-week series. We're not going to answer all your questions today. We won't answer all your questions next week, but I want you to come back so that we can continue having this conversation. No matter where you are on your spiritual journey, I want you to consider the starting point of your faith. So what? We all have faith in something. You all believe in something. Maybe you can't prove it, but, but here's what I want you to consider. Number one, discuss what we talked about today in some type of group. Could be at lunch, could be on the way home, could be in a small group, could be with a friend later this week for coffee or breakfast. But get together with somebody this week just simply talk about it. What'd you think about the sermon? What is the starting point? What do you think about the resurrection? And just dialogue about that. Let's start the conversation. Number two, come back next week because we're gonna continue to build in this series. Hopefully after, after eight weeks, we'll have answered some of your questions, if not most of your questions. Helping you figure out what does it really mean to have faith? help you figure out what does it mean to follow Jesus? Is he worth following? Number three, if you have questions about faith, email me. There's no dumb questions. Maybe I'll answer your question through email. Maybe I'll answer it here on stage. But if you have questions about faith, about Christianity, about Jesus, about anything, email me. Last, I have a book for you. If you want it, probably don't have enough for everybody, but it's called How Good is Good Enough? And these are back there at the Welcome Center. Those are there for you. They're free. Take it. Read it. Interact with it. I didn't write it, so if you disagree, it's not going to hurt my feelings. You got yeah buts, questions, snide remarks, email me. I simply want you to consider this week, what is the starting point for your faith? And if the resurrection really did happen, what does that mean for you? What does it mean for me? Do I do anything with it? Let's pray. God, you are incredible. And I know that you changed my life. I know that you changed many lives in this room. 
And I know that there's people here in this room who are just trying to figure things out. They're trying to sort through life. They're trying to wrestle through what, it, what does it really mean to follow Jesus? Is, is Jesus really the Messiah? Is he really the savior of the world? Did this resurrection thing really happen? And I know there's people here in this room that are struggling, hurting, and they need to do over. They need to hit that reset button. No matter where people are on their spiritual journey, I'm asking that you would meet them there. Simply help them take their next step because you are the one who created everything. And we love you and pray all this in Christ's name, amen.